Hello, hello. Welcome to a brand new podcast. Um, we are two women living in Tampa, Florida. Um, Florida has proven to be a very unpredictable place for both of us, full of opportunity and jaw-dropping stupidity. And since we've been here, we've been focused on kind of finding our place and finding the right people. So through the podcast, we are going to take you with us while we explore life, relationships, parenthood, health and wellness, in this weird-ass state we live in called Florida. We are totally unqualified to be anything but ourselves, so with no further ado, we bring you Cassandra and Ebony are totally unqualified. Hey everyone, Cassandra here. I'm a Cali girl through and through, born and bred, right outside of San Francisco. Um, my education took me to our nation's capital, aka Chocolate City. Shout out to all my HBCU grads out there. My professional career took me down to Memphis, then all the way up to Chicago, and about seven and a half years ago, I wound up in sunny Florida. A little bit more about me, I'm 36, I'm in a very committed relationship, and I'm a happy mama to a 10-year-old pit bull. Shout out to Callie. (laughs) (laughs) This is Ebony, I'm from Connecticut, by way of North Carolina, grew up in Connecticut. Um, Excuse me, I'm a family moved down to North Carolina when I was a junior in high school, which is a a horrible and traumatic thing to do to a a teenager. Um, I went to college in Chapel Hill, moved to Japan, lived there for a few years, then down to Atlanta, then back to Japan, to DC, and now we're here in Tampa, Florida. I'm the mom of a beautiful, brilliant three-year-old boy named Langston. trying to figure out parenting in a co-parent relationship without the guidance of my parents, which of course can be a struggle. I also am a dog owner. I have a, uh, Bummy is eight years old. Yeah, eight-year-old Havanese. I'm also um, an IT professional and very, very single, like the opposite of Cassandra's committed relationship. That's Total where I am opposite. like so, so single. She's single and ready to <laughs> mingle. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> So welcome. All right. So I want to dig a little deeper here. So a lot of people that we meet are transplants. Like no one is actually, well, not no one, very few people that we meet are actually from Tampa. So um, how did a Cali girl, I guess you kind of talked about how you ended up here, but just give us a little more details about how you actually ended up in Tampa. Yeah, absolutely. I actually didn't share with you guys how I pay my bills (laughs) and live my lavish lifestyle. Uh, So I've been in the nonprofit sector for over 10 years. It was my first job out of college. I was definitely in a place, I was one of those people that really just had no clue what I wanted to do. And I wanted to do everything at mm-hmm. the same time. Yes. <laughs> I changed my major about four times. Relatable. Took me five years to graduate. And I just wasn't sure what the next step was for me. I wound up in the nonprofit sector and I just fell in love with it. And it was a career that I just embarked upon and built on over the course of 10 years. And it gave me so much opportunity uh, to thrive and to grow and to be challenged. um, And most importantly, to give back. That was always so important for me. I got to Tampa and uh, through a, a a national organization, I just kind of bounced around a little bit and I had an opportunity to come down to Tampa. I will never forget, it was the middle of winter, I was living in Chicago. For those of you that have ever lived in Chicago or been to Chicago in the dead of winter, it's miserable. Yeah. You're miserable. Um, I mean, literally you go outside and it's like icicles stabbing you in the face. So I I get off the plane here, I step outside, it's 75 degrees and sunny and no humidity. And I'm like, holy crap, I'd never been here before. And I'm like, this is a beautiful place. I could see myself, I could see myself living here. (laughs) So um, obviously the interview went great. (laughs) I got the job and I packed up my bags, packed up my dog and I made that drive. You drove here? I drove, I drove, I I drove everywhere. So (laughs) when I left DC, I drove from DC to Memphis. Um, Then when I moved to Chicago, I drove from Memphis to Chicago and, and then I did this drive from Chicago to Tampa all the while with my dog. So she's very well-traveled as well, and she's a great co-pilot. So I I ended up here, and 
literally probably within my first month, I was like, I hate it here. Oh, I hated it. Also relatable. (laughs) I hated it. Um, Beautiful place. Tampa is a very clean and it's it's definitely it's becoming a bustling city. But I'm I had just come from a huge city, a very diverse city a place where there were a lot of young professionals that looked like me. Mm-hmm. And so I get here and it was very different. Lots of young professionals, but none of them looked like me. Yep. And I was like, oh God, I don't know if I'm going to succeed here. It just seems like a big, small town. I felt like everybody knew everybody. So I just wasn't sure. So I said, okay, I'm going to be on the five-year plan. And I was single at the time. Mm-hmm. And I just continued to work. And I ended up meeting my my boyfriend of three plus years and um, Tampa ended up kind of growing on me. I think it's a place that can get better with time. Um, I feel like the more transplants that move here, the greater it's going to be, you know. Um, yeah. And so I, I've learned to love it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't plan on, on leaving anytime soon. So you, <laughs> um, so you hit the you hit the almost five year mark, and then that's when you met your partner. Yes. Yeah. So you you had your countdown clock on I did I did have my countdown clock on like I I was really considering maybe moving back to California I really loved Chicago I was considering that um I didn't want to go back to DC DC has become so congested yeah um and I'd been there I'd been there for eight years I feel like I put in a a good amount of time so that's kind of my story that's that's how I ended up here here I am my story's quite different (laughs) (laughs) so I ended up um in Tampa I've been here for you said you've been here for seven and some change years it'll be eight years February February 12th of 2020 2020 so I moved here in 2015 yeah so I've been here for four years now yeah I moved here um I guess February March of 2015 and I ended up here because of a relationship, I met someone and I moved here and we had a baby and now Surprise. we're not <laughs> and now we're not together any longer. So that was I definitely don't regret the decision of coming or the relationship or anything like that. Um, but I definitely felt the same way when I moved here. I mean, coming from DC, I was in DC before I moved here. Same kind of thing. You live in a, a, a very busy, active city. There are people who are young professionals who look like you. There's things to do. There's, you know, lots of things to do when you don't want to be around a whole bunch of people. But you have the option. Yeah. And I just felt like I came here and I kept searching for community. I would go to, you know, happy hours and I would go and I'd be like people showing up at happy hours in like cut off shorts and flip flip flops. Oh my gosh. And like, you know, do better. <laughs> this do is, better a, this is like a black professional happy hour. And I'm like, I work from home when I'm here. <laughs> so I'm dressed up. I'm like, Oh, this is a nice time to get my clothes on. And people are showing up looking like they're going to the gym. Like I just was not prepared for that kind of mentality. And it's taken a while to, remove that mentality like I understand that people don't have to look a certain way to be professionals or to be successful right but I still kind of subscribe to the like look the part Mm -hmm. you know like I feel better when I'm decent looking you know I feel better when I put on a heel right and you don't have to feel better when you put on a heel but I do you know and I guess I don't know I just felt like the whole attitude is just different from how I am yeah. And it has been very difficult to try and find my people. So that has been a struggle. And then the relationship feeling is a whole nother story. And then dating here. I mean, from the moment that I came here, I'm like, there's no way I'll stay here if I'm not in a relationship. There's no one here for me to date. Right. Whereas I, I predominantly date black men and they have all of the options in the world. Right. Absolutely. And we just don't have that many options anyway so that's kind of I ended up here because of a relationship I'm staying here now because I'm in a co-parent relationship now with my son's father and we have a little boy so who's so adorable (laughs) so now we're just kind of stuck yeah but I'm trying to make the best of it and I think one of the other things that through this podcast what we have kind of committed to doing is stepping outside of our comfort zone seeing more of Florida 
um, or seeing more of just even just this area that we live in. And we're going to take you on that ride as well to, to kind of do some field trips and do some fun things and kind of give you our unqualified critique of those items. We talked about ourselves. We talked about how we ended up here. And now how did, how did we meet? So we met through a mutual friend. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was living in D.C., I will never forget, it was my freshman year. I was going home for the summer. While I was home, my sister, who was also living in D.C., she met this girl. And uh, they just became super tight, super fast, and they were running the streets of D.C. all summer long. And I get a text one day saying, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited to meet you. I'm friends with your sister. All summer long, everybody has been mistaking me for you. You're like my twin. And I'm like, okay, cool, another person that looks like me. It's not hard. I'm light-skinned with curly hair. (laughs) Um, so I get back to DC and I meet this girl and, um, she was awesome. We hit it off and we became fast friends and we were all kind of in this tight circle together. When I moved here, uh, she actually came to visit and she was like, oh, a girl I went to school with at UNC Chapel Hill. She's moving here. She's moving down here. So I want you to meet her. So we ended up uh, hanging, meeting up in Ebor. Mm-hmm. I forget the name. It was like a hookah. Yeah, on the corner. Yeah, on some, s- the corner of like right on the main strip. I wonder if that place is still open. It's still open. It is okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> some hookah joint. I was with Ian. We had, we were like that was the weekend when we like got together for like yeah yeah I you with, yeah I was with my ex. You were hanging out with Ian and uh, we stroll up and and I meet Ebony and we just hit it off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's so it's so interesting making friends past a, when you're past a certain age. High school is super easy, right? College, I feel like, is super easy too because everybody's scared and not knowing what to do and just trying to find find their their little clique. When you become a working professional, I feel like it's so much harder, much harder because you're not in those forced situations where you have to work together or do things together. Um, and who really wants to become best friends with the people they work with? Mm-hmm. I know I don't. Mm-hmm. So and you also don't have as much time. Like I had a whole lot more time. Yeah. Even, even before I had my son, I still had a lot more time somehow. Yes. You know, and it was like, I didn't care about being, you know, tired at work the next day or whatever. But like now I'm like 40 and like going out in the work day is on a weekday is I know that I'm going to feel it the next day. It's a challenge. It's a, it's a challenge. So it it does get harder to like meet people and find your tribe. Mm -hmm. And I'm very big on chemistry and connection and energy. And when I first met you, I just knew I was like, I've been digging this girl. Yeah. I like her. I think that her and I are going to bond and just be tight. And yeah. sure enough, we were. Yep. Um, and I, it's I awesome. Yeah, I it's did. been cool. I think that, like, with with us, too, I, I'm like, okay, we just were talking about having a hard time finding your people. And I think we've found some people, right? Mm-hmm. There's, like, some people that we hang out with. And there's other people that I spend time with who I don't necessarily think are my people, but there's reasons why. Like, everybody doesn't have to be in your inner circle in order for you no. to spend time with them. So I, um, you know, I, but I definitely agree with you. I feel like, you know, I was like, oh, you know what? We're, she's, she's my people. Now, did I ever <laughs> tell you how I met our mutual friend? No. We were in a beauty pageant together. Shut up. I was a freshman. We were in um, the Miss Black and Gold pageant. Oh, my God. She was a sophomore, and I was a freshman. I had absolutely no talent. I was dating a guy who was an alpha. <laughs> and I can't see you in a beauty pageant. I can see her in a beauty pageant. Yes. I can't picture you. I, was in, I have to bring in pictures so I can show I have you to that I it. was in this beauty pageant. I was in a beauty pageant with her and she and I kind of clicked. She's got this great personality anyway, right? Yeah. So she's like got a very warm personality. So um, <laughs> so we're in this beauty pageant together and I think I did a poem or something for my talent. I totally coerced into doing Why this. Why am I not surprised? Yeah, it was probably like <laughs> Still I Rise or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, rest in peace. Or maybe like a borderline militant. Yeah, it was definitely. I mean, I'm sure I did it in, in that kind of a tone. Um, but anyway, so she and I connected. And I want to say 
did she, either she or I, I don't remember who it was. I didn't win anything spectacular, but I think I, I won like most friendly, but which is weird because I'm not really that friendly to people I don't know. I'm surprised you beat her out in that, actually. I know, right? I think yeah. it, I think I won. We'll have to ask her. But I really think that I won that like Miss Friendly or Miss Congeniality or something like that, which like I said is weird because I'm not a nice person. I'm That's like, not true. That is not you are. I don't very like nice. new people. I don't like new people. No. <laughs> I'm not I nice disagree. to new people. Who doesn't like I don't if, no. people, if people are new and I don't know them, I have a side eye. Like I have like a I'll be okay with you, but I'm not really going to trust you. No, Ebony, you are, who are you talking about right now? You're not talking about yourself. I'm a Virgo. This is me. I 100%. But I think, I think you're so, you just have such an approachable demeanor to me. Like, I think people warm up to you. This is true. And I think you're not, I mean, I, now you may (laughs) post meeting be like, "Mm, what do you think about that girl? (laughs) that we met at the bar, Cassandra. That is you, for sure. Mm -hmm. But people are drawn to you, and you are super nice. But but that's fake. That's fake. (laughs) I mean, it's it's fake nice. It's it's appropriate nice, right? Like, I was having a conversation recently, and we're going to move on. We are, I promise. But one of my um, friends recently and I were talking about code switching, right? And being able to be a different person in a different environment. Oh yeah. Right? Yes. Whereas I can go to work and I can be buttoned up or I can be at work with one of my black coworkers and we mm-hmm. talk about church or we, you know, get kind of colloquial with it. Yep. But I could also be at a bar with a at a networking event with strangers and know that I need to be a certain way. Yeah. And so I think that I can be that way which people think is warm and welcoming and I'm not really I get that but I do think you're you, do? you are a warm person yes what I feel like people pole? gravitate toward towards I you I think this is true but not because I like them <laughs> <laughs> on, the, on, the, on that note we're gonna move on to our adulting moment so Woo! adulting moments so we we are just kind of navigate. We, we've already talked about how we are really just not professionals. Are not professionals. We're not. Uh, we're <laughs> we very are professionals, professional, but we are not uh, qualified at anything. But th- we wanted to kind of touch on each week. We're going to tell you about an adult, like that moment where you're like, "Oh my god, I'm such yes. a damn adult." And like, we all have these moments. I know everybody has these moments in life mm-hmm. when something happens that kind of just triggers in your head, like. Fuck, I'm an adult. Mm-hmm. This is real life now. No bullshitting around. Just, I this just is it. Me. I'm an adult. I've got to put my big girl panties on. I've got to put my big girl panties on or my big boy boxer briefs on. Or your thongs. Or maybe you're going commando. Yeah. I don't know. But it's an Wait. adulting moment happening. <laughs> Strap it up. Okay, so what was yours this week? So... <clears throat> I'm so excited because I just recently became a first-time homeowner. Applause. Applause. And I had been living in my awesome one-bedroom condo since 2012, and I've been dying to get my hands on it as an owner forever. And finally, my landlord caved, and uh, she sold it to me. Woo-woo! So it's mine. It's gorgeous, and, too. And it's with it comes so many responsibilities that I hadn't really put a lot of thought into. I, you know, mm-hmm. um, of course, the moment it becomes mine, I start noticing things that need to get replaced or fixed, repaired, all that good stuff. So a vital piece of machinery recently just went kaput in here, my washer. <laughs> Washer, washers and dryers are essential. They're a necessity, okay? And I am so past the phase of lugging laundry to my local laundromat. I'm not doing that bullshit. I'm not doing it. So my washer's kaput, and I have no clue. I've never purchased a washer before in my life. Um, so I'm like, I got to go buy a washer. Okay. I don't know what size to get. I don't know what brand to get. I don't know if the people, if it's a complimentary hookup. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, right? I just know that I'm about to shell out a shitload of money and I'm responsible for it. So I don't know who's going to remove the washer. Are Like, do the people who bring the washer, do they take the washer and dispose of it? I think they take it. Oh, God, I hope so. You might have to pay them extra. Oh, God. 
God. Yeah. Everything costs money. <laughs> so you have to buy it. So you have to, so, so you have I have to find to buy, it. Right? I have to find it first. Right. Find it, buy it, mm-hmm. pay for delivery. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. going to be fun. Delivery is going to pay for Then pay for removal. But I think when they deliver it, they'll probably hook it up for you. That's I hope so. And you know, some places will, will charge extra if there's no elevator. Oh, yeah, building. depending on how many steps depending you have. Depending on how many steps I have. Mm-hmm. So I live on the second floor. It's a lot of steps. It's not. It's a lot of steps. I think, need, I think we counted. At my. It's like 21 steps. Really? For one flight? In this building? In this community? My building. I don't know about oh, yours. Okay. So that was my adulting moment. I, I'm just like. You got to handle it. This is real. Somebody's got to take care of it and that somebody is me. I'm so used to picking up the phone and calling my landlord and somebody. saying, hey, it's broken. Come fix it. And, and now I'm the landlord. You're the somebody. I'm that somebody. <laughs> Damn it. You're the somebody. Exci- it's exciting, though. It's all good things. Yeah, it is fantastic. <laughs> Mine is actually not necessarily such a good thing, though. Oh. So with my adulting moment this week, um, my son is potty training, which some kids take to it and they just... It happens like the three day weekend and I don't know how many people listening are parents, but there's like this method where you take a whole weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like a long weekend, or if you have like Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and you let them walk around with no underwear on all weekend long. This is true. This isn't true. This is true. There's a method of potty training where you let them walk around with Mm -hmm. no underwear on all weekend Mm -hmm. long. And then they learn to go to the bathroom. You set a timer. You take them the first day. You take them like every 20 minutes. Then you go a little bit longer every 30 minutes. Then you go a little bit longer, a little bit longer. And then by Saturday or Sunday or by Sunday afternoon like they're, or Monday, they're potty trained. Who has that time? Parents. People who don't want shit all over their house. People who don't want to wipe ass for the rest of their lives. Okay? Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. My son, we tried the three-day thing the very first time we did this. When I tell you, I wanted to throw the whole child <laughs> did, away. Did you roll up all of your carpets? I rolled like up all, all the of carpets. Rugs. There's towels on all of my furniture, plastic on top of the furniture. Like, he wasn't allowed in certain areas of the house. Like, it was, it was a real thing. You poop-proofed the house, tried basically. To, tried to, you know, tried to. Okay. Because there's always exceptions oh, to the God. rule. The very first day, within 30 minutes, he had peed eight times. It just he just was getting used to like what seeing, had he been drinking? He just has to get, you you have to give him a lot of liquids so that they know so to, like to get force them to, them to go, go every right? Minutes. So they don't know you're forcing them to go right. So they have to have something to go. Anyway, so he peed and pooped like no, he peed like eight times within the first three hours. Okay, where did he pee in in the, in the house? In front of the TV, <laughs> on my couch, <laughs> on my cloth stool like i have Not a cloth on stool. the couch on the car- did he stand he up was, on the couch he was sitting on the couch oh he's okay he, he was did, sitting on the couch playing with his cars he did this sitting pee. pee um just everywhere just anywhere you could imagine i was like but this is part of it right so you have to like yeah. take your xanax in the morning which i don't i'm not on any medication I'm not you know you might need some but if you're having when you're potty training it just has not been very good anyway so we're beyond that part yeah. right langston now wears underwear to school He's doing really well. He's wearing underwear to school. He um, sleeps in a pull-up still, but he wears underwear pretty much during the day. He'll ask me for a pull-up to poop in because he still won't poop in. So anyway, we come home from school. He had a a dry day. Everything was fantastic. We're celebrating the fact he had a dry day. He gets cookies when he gets home because he had a dry day. We Which I'm sure are sugar-free, gluten-free. <laughs> they are. All kinds of free. Vegan cookies. Of course they're vegan cookies. <laughs> he enjoys them. Anyway, <sighs> so we take I'm going to give him some Chips Ahoy <laughs> next time I see him. He's never had a Chips Ahoy. I bet he'll love it. Anyway, so he, he goes and um, I take him to the bathroom. He pees. We're watching a little movie or something. And I'm like, Langston, you've been sitting for about an hour. Let's go use the bathroom. No, mommy, I don't want to go to the bathroom. Two minutes later, he gets up and stands on my stool, my cloth stool, and pees all over it. I love that he stood up on it. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't love that at all. He's got so, the form down. He stood up on that stool and like was holding on to this other couch and like stood and peed on the stool. And I'm like, did you just, did you just pee? And mm-hmm. at that moment, I had to put him to sleep. It was bedtime. It was like 7.30. Langston usually doesn't go to bed until 8.30. But he had to go to sleep that because it was the only way that I could prevent myself from spanking him. Yeah. Because Which you don't do. I don't spank him. 
And that is my, that's why this is my adulting moment of the week because spank, not spanking your child is very difficult when you were spanked, right? Oh, yeah. Because it is the reaction in your body. Like, it's just so funny how, like, that is like the first thing. Mm -hmm. My body's like, whoop his ass. Mm -hmm. But my brain is like, we have agreed. His father and I have, from before he even got here, we had conversations about spanking. We were both spanked, and neither one of us want to carry that on with our son. And it is super hard to not spank a kid, especially, like, you're looking at me peeing. Oh, yeah, no. You're Mm -mm. looking at me peeing on my cloth stool. Yeah, I would have grabbed a belt. I'm not going to lie. You know what I mean? (laughs) It is really difficult to not whoop his ass. So I just put him to bed. I explained why he was going to bed. And I explained it was just the best thing for the both of us. Yeah. I'm so real with him. Like, you need to go to bed because you're not behaving or whatever. But anyway, so that's why this is my adulting moment of the week. Because it's like committing to not spanking is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely have slipped up before and had a whole conversation with his dad about it. But we haven't had any, you know, I haven't had any problems since then. But he had kicked me in my face while he was on the potty at one Ooh, point. Yeah, it was bad. Wee. And then he's like yeah, slapped no. me, kicked me or whatever. I popped his leg, but it wasn't a, wasn't my best moment, and I felt bad about it afterwards because I'm yeah. like, there there are re, there are ways to discipline, there are ways to correct behavior without having to hit. So anyway, and I hope you also forgave yourself too. Like, I, I did. Hope- you know, it's some of it is just like I know that I'm not going to be perfect. You know, you're not. I mean, I don't I don't know any parents that are perfect. No, and and I don't even know if I'm trying to be. I'm just trying not to mess them up too bad, you know, and just continue to show them love and other ways of dealing with situations. And so hitting is not one of them. And it's a good thing yeah. because he told me that one of his friends at school hit him. And he, um, I said, you know, did he, he said, he, yeah, he pinched me. And, and I said, well, did you pinch him back? Mm-hmm. No, mommy, I didn't pinch him back. And I said, well, why didn't you pinch him back? He said, mommy, pinching is not fun. He's so sweet. I can't. He's so sweet, which I think is awesome. It is very teaching. I feel like you're teaching him the positive way to respond and react in situations. Right. You you have more of a tool belt because hitting is easy. It really is. It's It's an easy response response to hit someone if they piss you off. It's really difficult. I mean, really easy. Coming up with alternate ways of responding to situations is a little harder. So hopefully we're training his brain a little bit to to get beyond some of that. Well, he's fantastic. And he did have on his uh, big boy underwear the mm-hmm. other night mm-hmm. and he was so excited to show them off to me. I forgot what was on them. What was uh, was his Spider-Man underwear? It might have been his Spider-Man underwear. Or Paw Patrol's. Something just super cute. Yeah. Because it's like on the back oh, of his little tushy. It was a steamroller. Yeah, yeah, it was a steamroller on the booty. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So we're going to go on to our, another topic that I saw this week. So. Mm. Yes. Yes. So there was an article this week in the Huffington Post, and it was about this training that Ernst & Young had. Uh, Ernst & Young is this mega consulting firm. And um, where they were training about 30 female executives. And so I saw this post where Cassie went the hell off. I did. About it. So I did. Tell us about the that article. It did. Well, you know, I, so I read the article. I just saw it. It popped up in my timeline. I read it. And it just brought back a memory that, you know, it happened, um, it didn't happen too long ago. Oh, wait, tell us, tell them what the article was about though. So, yeah, so these, so these employees, uh, sat through a training at Ernst & Young. All executive women. All executive women. hmm And throughout the training, there were these strong suggestions on how they should dress, how they should behave, um, like how they should speak to How men. they should speak. Mm-hmm. And it was all specifically for women. Like, uh, for example, uh, don't wear skirts that are too short uh, because you don't want to come across in a sexual way. Or make sure your 
nails are neatly manicured. Mm-hmm. Here's another one. Women's brains absorb information like pancakes. Oh, God. And soak up syrup. So it's hard for them to focus, the attendees were told. Men's brains are more like waffles. Mm-hmm. They're better able to focus because they collect information in each little waffle square. Yes. <laughs> Unfucking believable. Incredible. This was so, two years ago, I think. Not long ago. And incredible. This is Ernst and Young. This is a multi-billion global business. Yeah. Like, and and they, of course, they so they did not do this presentation. They hired an outside firm to come in and do this presentation. Mm-hmm. But I want to know who's managing their communications over there because clearly they did not thoroughly look through it mm-hmm. before inviting their employees in to listen to this bullshit. And it's bullshit. I'm sorry. It's it's crap. Uh, you wouldn't think this day and age that this is still allowed. Right. And, and I just looked at it. It was June. June of 2018. June of 2018. Yeah. Just last year. So, you know, after I read this article, I was like, you know, this happens all of the time. Mm-hmm. And women are not, we don't talk about it. Um, we don't talk about it enough, I don't think. I mean, and it, and it definitely brought back a memory I had where uh, I was working for an employer and I was one of the youngest in the office. I'm an attractive woman. I'm gonna give myself kudos for that. I'm, I'm attractive. She's very attractive. Um, <laughs> thank you, Ebony. And, um, you know, I had been with this organization for a while and my employer, calls me into his office one day and randomly starts to tell me that I should really consider the way I'm dressing because I'm making board members uncomfortable. So my first question was, well, has there been any formal complaints filed against me? Has a board member actually said, you know what, Cassandra's clothing, whatever, her attire, it made me uncomfortable? No, there wasn't. So I said, well, what's wrong with what I'm wearing? I follow the dress code. And his response was, well, I just, I just think sometimes, you know, maybe what you're wearing is a little too sexy. Mm. Sexy how? You know, and, and I kept, you know, at, at this point in my career, I had found my voice. And I was not afraid to challenge these accusations. Um, Do you think he was thinking, like, did he... What do you think he, the sexy piece of it was? Do you think he was attracted to you? I think so. Okay. I th- I think what I was wearing, maybe he took he took notice. You know, and here's the thing. Let's just be, I'm a woman. I have curves. Yes. I have boobs. I have a butt. I have le- long legs. Like, I'm not going to wear a paper sack to make anybody feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not my job. If you're feeling uncomfortable about what I'm wearing, I need you to check yourself before you try to check me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I definitely, you know, held my ground, but I was in his office. So I already felt at a disadvantage because I, I was not in, in my space. I was in his space. And so I left feeling so deflated. Really? And I, I, I did start second guessing myself a little bit. I started like racking my brain of every board meeting, every function I had been to and what I had on. And I was like, was I showing too much cleavage? Was my skirt too short? I don't know. Like, should I wear stockings? Who wears stockings in anymore? In Florida, no one does. Especially in Florida, not me. Yeah. And it and it started to affect, I noticed it was starting to affect my work and the way I was working. When I was around board members I was that I had great relationships with, I was nervous about standing too close. I was nervous about talking too long. Um, I went from, from, hugging some board members that I had become very close to, to just handshaking. Um, and then one day I was like, you know what? I'm not the problem. Yep. My employer is a problem. Mm-hmm. He's, he's viewing me in a sexual way. Right. It's not that I'm wearing anything. I don't even know over, overly sexual. I don't know. But, right. Um, and so after that, I just went back to being me because I, it was starting to affect me personally. It was starting to affect me professionally. And, you know, I think, I feel like this happens 
all of the time and it comes across in a joking manner or it just comes a cop you know like really casually nonchalant way and I feel like especially for women that are maybe on the brink of their professional careers or they're young and they just haven't yet learned how to stick up for themselves or they're just not sure or they're not comfortable they're easy targets right or even younger women right I think some younger women do start to have more of a voice but it takes a while to get there you know, I, I think I, when I was younger, I was always, I've always been very, um, mostly thin, not really a whole lot of shape. <laughs> um, but I'm right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> as I've gotten older, of course, I've got more curves, especially after Langston. But when I, I also used to dress very conservative because mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't, I want people to see my brain. I want people to know who I am because of the work that I'm doing and not Absolutely. because of the stuff that I'm wearing. And then I'm like, why am I dressing like a school marm every day? Exactly. Why am I over here looking crazy as hell wearing this uniform, right? And especially in D.C. where you're like, this pencil skirt and a button-down <laughs> shirt and a sweater over top of that. You know yeah, what I mean? Like that's, what people, yes. you know, wearing that kind of stuff every day instead of like an, a, a dress that's a little more A-line that has a little belt around the middle of it or Something whatever. that complements your, your body. body and that looks good and that makes you feel good. Yeah. Why yep. Why should we hesitate on, on feeling good yep. about our bodies? I stepped out of it. I think when I got promoted, I was at the job for about nine months and then I got promoted and I'm like... I'm not going to dress like this anymore. I'm going to like actually put you. my per- personality and I'm going to wear bright colors mm-hmm. and I'm going to, you know, wear um, earrings that aren't just little beads. You know what I mean? Like have yeah. a little personal style. So, and I, I just felt more confident in Absolutely. my and stuff like that. But it's just wild to me it's that wild. last year, you know, you would have a company who would have a whole training for executive women that says, don't show your skin. It's distracting. Or don't be aggressive like men. Don't be aggressive like men. Don't talk to men face to face. One of the one of the comments was don't directly confront men in meetings because men perceive this as a threat. Meeting before or after the meeting instead. Like it it, it just is un- unbelievable. It's gross. It, it's it really Absolutely unbelievable. It's really gross. And here's the thing. Women, we, we struggle enough mm-hmm. in the workplace because majority of us, if not all, we do want to feel that we have earned our place um, through innovation, through creativity, through mm-hmm. our intelligence. We don't want to feel that we have gotten to a certain point in our professional careers because of the way we look. Mm-hmm. So for this to happen, it just... It, it just blew my mind. The, the hard thing, too, sometimes is that, you know, I don't know exactly who created this training material. I don't know if it was a woman or if it was like, I don't know who it was that created their training materials, but they were um, women also do this to us. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I talk to other friends of mine who are professionals all the time. Um, one of my friends in particular, because she's she had the whole same kind of thing where she used to dress with, you know, those cardigan sweaters on all the time or like she'll, you know, just covering up her body and she's a, you know, a curvier woman. She has a shape. And so she would cover up her body all the time. And I'm like, girl, you don't have to dress like that. Thank you. Not at all. You don't have to dress like that. Let's do it. Put some clothes on, like let them see what you have. And you know that you feel good. And and I think we start to like, oh, I feel more comfortable if I'm covered up. Yes. You know what I mean? It starts to get into your head. You're like, no, actually I don't. Do I walk around covered up like that when I'm outside of work? Yes. Why do I have to change the whole way? Men don't change the way that they are. They wear whatever the hell hell they want to wear. They wear whatever they want. And you know what? Another mindset that I've kind of, as far as work goes, that I've got myself out of is that whole I need to feel like I'm absolutely qualified for this. When I, I started reading some studies or something that's, I can't remember exactly where it came from, but they were talking about how um, particularly white men apply for jobs that they're not qualified for. Mm-hmm. So if there are 10 qualifications, they will, 10 qualifications on, they will have four or five and they'll still send their resumes in. You know, they might yep. change a little keyword yep. so that they show up in the recruiter shirts, but they'll, they'll, they'll apply for it. Whereas I've like, well, I don't have all 10. I hesitate. Yeah. I've hesitated so many times applying for a job. I don't do that shit no more. Yeah. I don't do that shit no more. Now I'm that just like, crazy. push it out there. Let's see what, see let's what hits. Ju- let's see what bites. Just throw some shit at the wall. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
You know, they say closed mouth don't get fed. My mouth is open. That's I'm right. Trying to get all this money. Absolutely. You know? So I just I, I I find that, and I and I try to coach people to do that a little bit more now. Millennials have it a little different because millennials think they're qualified for everything in the world, and they haven't been working we for sure two do. years. <laughs> I'm not a millennial. No, Ebony's not. No, we're on that cusp. I think you're on the cusp, but I think that people in their late 30s who are millennials are actually not as we don't. We have tendencies. Yeah, you have the tendencies. You're not like my younger sister is. No, yeah, my sister is. She'll be thirty this year because I just we're ten years apart. Okay, so she'll be thirty in December, but she's in the throes of millennialness, yeah. right? And and this the qualified the the way that they feel like they're qualified for everything. Like they should be moving up to the. I spent one year in the mailroom. Now I need right. to be the president of the company. <laughs> no, bruh. Pump your brakes, little down. sis. Like y'all Take need it to down yeah, a couple calm notches. back down a little bit, right? Let's <laughs> just you know, there still is some value in working your way up to where. Oh, you Oh, absolutely. Need to be. And there's, a, I mean, a, there's a huge value for you yourself mm-hmm. to just kind of learn the ins and outs of every facet of the company that you work for, especially if it's a company that you plan to stay with for. A long time. Yeah, but so, that's different because people don't do that anymore. They don't. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. So this is so disappointing to say. Uh, back to the Ernst & Young thing. It was a woman. Oh, I knew it. I who, knew um, it. I knew it. Who put together this I knew very it. disgusting I would, presentation. Yeah, I, I, was, I, I was almost sure it was it a woman. was a woman. Damn it. Um, I knew it. Fucking disappointing. God, that's so disappointing. Why do we but do we it do to it each to, other? We do it to each we other. We do it to each other. And she could have also been the face because sometimes men put women up to shit. You know what I'm saying? Like they're like, oh, you know, Susie, let's put this idea together, but let's make it your idea because it'll be more palatable to women coming from a woman. Well, it just says she was an outside consultant. So yeah, but she ain't work by herself. Mm. Not producing a program for Ernst & Young. She had a firm behind her. Yeah. Ain't that terrible? It's I so it was a woman. That was terrible. fucking awful. Man. It is her own consulting firm. It is. <laughs> Shit. Oh God. It is. We need to um, have a conversation. We need to have a conversation. A conversation. Poor thing. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I have one more thing for us to talk about before we get out of here. Okay. So um, this is a little section that we call how to, and. Um, Today's how-to is about love and dating. So here's the thing. I have always thought I give very good advice. Me too. I feel like I'm a relationship expert. I mean. Like a guru. I can, I just know everything. I do. No, I'm not there with that Oh, I definitely do. I I do feel like I really (laughs) give good advice. Like I feel like I listen well. This is, you know, just, I'm talking about myself. These are my superlatives right now. Uh I feel like I listen to people well. I have varied life experiences and things like that. And so I really, I don't know why, but I really just feel like I give good advice. So I listen to a lot of podcasts and we'll talk about that at some Uh point. And there's always like, there's like this advice section of the podcast. And I'm like, you know what? I could give some good advice here. So we're going to try today. Okay. Let's do it. So I found, so this is, this is just a letter. That or not a letter, but a short little um, advice that someone had wrote in and asked about. So here it goes. My best friend is having a party and has invited my ex-boyfriend. He broke broke up with me a few months ago and already has a new girlfriend. He totally broke my heart and I have been a mess ever since. She thinks it's okay to invite him and she knows he will most likely bring his new girlfriend with her to the house party. I told her I'm not going if she if he goes, and she's still inviting them. Mm. Should I stop being friends with her? How should I handle this? Not okay in the north. That's that's who wrote this letter. Not okay in the north. How that's do- not okay. <laughs> How do we handle this? Now, do, do we know? Was the best friend friends with the ex first, or she said it's her dynamic? best friend? My it's her best, best friend. friend. Your best friend is inviting your ex and, you know, asterisk his girlfriend to a house party. This is not like a outdoors place anywhere. Your best friend. First of all, sis, you, just this is not your best friend. No, she needs new friends. This is not your best friend. If your best friend is going to act, this was a couple of months ago. This is not like this has been years ago. And he already has a new girlfriend. Because he was already fucking her before. <laughs> Let's be honest. Probably true. Okay. She she definitely needs new friends. New friends. Not okay. Because here's my whole thing. Why are you communicating with my ex anyhow? Mm. 
Like how? Because I'm going to be racking my brain. How often are y'all talking? Okay, are you so, texting regularly? Okay, so here's or the situation. Out? I, when I lived in Atlanta, I dated this guy for a good long while. Maybe three years, maybe four, maybe three. I think it was close to three years. He ended up becoming very good friends with my line sisters. Okay. Husbands. My line sister's husbands. Okay. Okay. So we did a lot of couple things and there were like, they were four of them. So they were like, they would all go and do golf things together. And by the way, I'm a Delta. I'm, I'm a Delta. That's why I said line sister. So, so me and my line sisters, they would have a party okay. and their husbands would have, we'd have house parties and we'd all go. So it was like okay. four of us, four men, they would do their thing and we all had a good time. So shortly after we broke up, they, this, my Friend Circle throws a New Year's Eve party every year. Okay. They had been like renting out a house and we were throwing this party and they were conflicted because they're like, we still like hanging out with him. The men did. Okay. So if there were men, understandable. Yeah, if they wanted to go play tennis or basketball or golf or go watch a movie or whatever men do, that's fine. But when it came to group activities, it's not okay to invite him. No. And they had, you know, we had to have that conversation. Like, I'm like, guys, first of all, maybe if it's somewhere way down the line, it's not even been a full year. Yeah. And I want to come to the party and I want to be able to bring someone that I'm seeing now. I don't want, like, you had me first. <laughs> <laughs> I was here first. That's true. I was here That's first. I, mean, I wasn't saying like, oh, break up with him. Don't invite him anywhere ever, ever again. But like, I was here first. I get that you miss him. Right. But he don't get invited to the parties but no more. But here's the thing. Those husbands, they can get with him on their own time. Right. But it since it was like a, it was a New Year's Eve party. New, yeah. And it's a house party. And like people look for that kind of stuff to do instead of going to like a hotel or going out. So they're like, is it okay to invite him? And I'm like, uh-uh. I'm bringing a date. I don't want it to be weird. I don't want to see him with anybody yeah. else either. I'm not over that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know I have a date. I, I get it. I know that sounds hypocritical. I have a date, but I don't want to see him with nobody you else. You never want to see your ex with anybody else. No, no. You don't. At least not for, let me, let me think, hold on before I say that. How many years? <laughs> yeah, at least not for a long time. It's I mean. It's got to be a couple years. It's got to be a while. Especially yeah. when you're in, a, in an, an invested relationship. This one said but a few months. For a few, few to me means like three or four. Yeah, few okay. I interpret as, as three to four. Yeah, three she four needs months. she needs new friends. She needs new friends. Her friends suck. Um, My friends they 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 were conflicted about it because they like him and we were all like, it was a great little group. They're like, dang, why he had to mess up? You, you just know? had to go and mess it up. You had to mess it up. We had a good thing going here. Yeah. And we had many, like, we had plenty of house parties and New Year's Eve parties and all kinds of stuff together. Um, but like, yeah, you're not invited anymore, boo. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry, not okay, but you need, that's not your best friend. I'm going to tell you that not. right now. She is absolutely not your fucking best friend. Yeah, I, I would, she needs to... So I'm somebody, I have to let you know how I feel at some point. Okay. I, I won't just cut you off, I guess. Like, I may, go, I may ghost you for, like, oh, a little okay. bit while I process my feelings. But at some point, I'm going to have to share with you my feelings. So I think she, it's important for her to definitely let her girl know how she's feeling and then cut that shit off. Yeah. That's not your, that's not your girl. That's not friendship. Nope. That's not the way to handle things, mm -mm. especially if you went to her and already told her your feelings and she's still like, mm, he's still coming. He's still coming. And he's bringing his bitch with him. Not okay. Not all right. That's not okay. You got to go, girl. Mm -mm. She definitely needs I don't friends. know if I need to go talk to her, though. No? But I guess when you say best friend, like I would, I would be like, wow. Yeah. You know? So maybe I would because it's a very it's my, important title, yeah, best yeah, friend. Best friend. I have a lot of best friends. You, you know? don't have a lot of best friends. So you go out and like, yeah, yeah, that's a major violation. Mm -hmm. This is just, a, like I said, there's situations now, like if that group of friends that I had in Atlanta, if they threw a party now, yeah. we're good. We're fine. It's been several years. It's been like I got a whole years. nother, I a whole nother <laughs> ex partner and baby after you that. You have a baby now. <laughs> you gotta be able. You know, I got a baby by a whole nother man. Right. You know? So I can't be still salty about. It. And I'm not. I've seen him with well, with and that's and it's cool. But um, if they had a party now, we would be everything would be chill. You know, and most yeah. of my exes are typically like that. Like we eventually. you have to give yourself time to process. Like mm -hmm. so, this kind of reminds me. I um. Just really quick, because this brought up a memory. So I was with a guy for about six years. Mm. He was my first serious boyfriend 
first guy I brought around to my family, all that good stuff. Asshole cheated on me. Long story short, we broke up and I moved away. In that first year, it was the first big holiday, it was Thanksgiving, and I, I'm I'm gone. I'm not living in DC anymore. My my fucking sisters invited him to Thanksgiving dinner. Woo! We no. Random, right? Like <laughs> Okay, wait a second. So then he got invited to Thanksgiving. Were you gonna be there? Yeah. No, I was not gonna be oh, there. Oh, okay. And um, so I don't really, you know, to this day. I mean, of course, it's always like a he said, she said. I don't know who invited who, who invited themselves, whatever. It doesn't matter at this point. But I, I remember at that moment when I found out, I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? And I called my sister and I said, are you seriously having this full over your house for Thanksgiving dinner? Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. My sister, she's a very giving, loving person. She has a big heart. And he... Our breakup was very bad. Yeah. And he was he was one of those very dramatic people. Um, you know, so when we broke up, oh, his whole life was over, right? Like he's just crying all the time. And life is over. You every ended time it, he fool. sees yeah, every time he sees my sister, it's it's like a sob story. So she she felt bad for him, uh. I guess. And um but I will never at? forget Where's that. His mama? Exactly. But I remember telling her, like, don't you ever like <laughs> I am closing that chapter in my life. Yeah. I need you to cut ties. Like, stop it. He yeah. is not family. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of reminded me of that. Like, yeah. sometimes I wonder what people think if it's just, and you'd never really know like the full backstory. Yeah. So I'm curious to know why even her best friend is, is in contact with her ex. Mm-hmm. That's interesting to me. A few months later. It's very interesting. Like, I wonder if they had a situation like mine where the boyfriend, whoever this friend of hers is, like the best friend is married, maybe. Okay. And if the best friend's husband is friends with the ex-boyfriend. Possibly. That could be it. But otherwise. But she still should have taken up for her girl. Yeah. If she says, no, I'm not okay with it. And, and that was how my line sister approached me. She was like, if you're not okay with this. Right. Then. Like, and they, and they didn't, and they just, and anyway, they gave me the option. I'm like, no, I'm not okay with it. I want to bring yeah. a date. I don't want to see him kissing nobody. And I, and I probably want to see, kiss him. I just love how honest and upfront you are. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I don't want to see him kiss nobody. I'm probably going to kiss someone. So. That is awkward. Very awkward. Okay. Thanks for that. That's awesome. I think that was awesome advice. Toot toot. I think horn. so too. That was my own horn. There. We're going to toot tooting. our horns. I'll toot your horn. You toot my horn. <laughs> okay. Awesome. All right. So I think that that is, I think we're bringing it to a wrap. That was fun. That was fun. So um, this is where we will tell you to connect with us online, our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram accounts, but we don't have them yet. Yeah. I mean, we'll create one, you know, catered to this, to what we're doing yeah, here. And then we can get how to's in the DMs. Yes. Ooh, then I can actually tell someone to slide my DMs. <laughs> You make I it sound so I, pervy. I haven't actually, I haven't, because it, it, it always sounds pervy. It, like, it's there's very There's no way pervy. to say slide in my DMs without making it sound like it's not a sexual thing. But I've never said it to anyone. And now then, you can say and it. And now we'll get, we'll get a handle and we'll say slide in my DMs without <laughs> you. You changed your voice and everything. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening Thanks, to the guys. first episode of Cassandra and Ebony are totally unqualified. <laughs>